I'm Brooke Gurley, and you are listening to Untold Stories, the cases that shaped the civil rights movement, presented by Law and Crime. This podcast is the audio adaptation of my video series titled The Untold Stories of the Civil Rights Movement. And now, on to this week's episode. What's up, everyone? It's Brooke. Welcome back to my page. This is going to be part three of the Untold series, where I look at the untold stories of the civil rights movement. Each week, I take some cases that I think are important to civil rights, and I discuss them with you all. Hopefully, in less than 10 minutes, we'll see. Oh, first of all, can we just pause and have a moment for these glorious earrings? Shout out to K-Train, a.k.a. Kelsey Trainer letting me know about these earrings. Okay, I digress. So this week, I'm low-key excited about these cases. Maybe because it's the petty in me. I don't know. Anyway, so unlike before where we talk about Supreme Court cases, this case, or these cases really, group of cases, didn't make it to the Supreme Court. So that whole fire format, throw it out. We're not doing that. This is actually, this week, we're talking about the Ku Klux Klan trials in South Carolina in 1871. Yes, the Ku Klux Klan was brought to trial in 1871. So let's talk about it. First, before we even get there, let's give you a little context. So last week we were talking about Dred Scott in 1857 during slavery. Slavery ends in 1865 with the passing of the 13th Amendment. And then in 1868, we have the 14th Amendment, which gave black people citizenship. And then in 1870, you have the 15th Amendment, which gave black people the right to vote. Those are collectively called the Reconstruction Amendments. So it's 13th, 14th, and 15th. And so what happened in states like South Carolina, you had black people being able to vote and getting all you know, these rights. And so they're seeing like the legislation in their favor. And you have white people in order to be readmitted into the union, they had to give up their right to vote. And so what happens when you have more black votes than white votes? You have a lot more black people who are in power and who are voted into office. And what happens when they get voted into office? They start passing laws that are beneficial really to everyone, but particularly to black people. So that's how you get compulsory education. So that's why you have public education. You're welcome, the Reconstruction legislators. So what happens when black people are empowered and all equal and stuff? Do white people just go, this is wonderful. Such wonderful progress. No, they freak out and form the Ku Klux Klan in 1866 in Pulaski, Tennessee. (sighs) So they form this paramilitary organization that's really a terrorist organization, let's call it what it is. You also have during this period where black people are receiving certain benefits that is being financed um, based off of property tax, which is essentially taxing white owners because that's who owned a lot of the land, so they're not happy. So some of them can't vote. They're being forced to pay um, to, for benefits to former slaves. They're trying to be equal. It's just too much. It's too much for them. So they formed the Ku Klux Klan in 1866 in Pulaski, Tennessee. And what did the Klan do? They went around and terrorized black people and whites who were sympathetic to blacks. They terrorized them at night. Um, So they would do, I mean, just all kinds of savagery. They would pull them from their homes, beat them, rape them, lynch them, um, leave them almost dead. Like I said, all types of brutality going on here. Um, It was horrific. It was horrific enough that it got to the 
federal government and they decided to go to South Carolina to do an investigation. And a man named Major Lewis Merrill went down there to investigate these claims. Now he, being the man from the north, being white man, was like, I'm sure it's not that bad and it's not gonna be that crazy. So he gets there and he meets you know, the power structure, the white power structure, and they assure him that it's not that bad. So his initial feelings were sort of confirmed, but then um, he kept investigating because he was about that life. And when, and when he investigated, he found out that not only were the claims true and as frequent as he was told, but it was actually worse than what he suspected. And he did a lot of investigation. And um, as a matter of fact, and you can find this investigations if you were interested in that. Let me get this straight. <clears throat> and here's the name of that record. It's mad long. That's how they did it. It's called the Joint Select Committee to Inquire into the Conditions of Affairs in the Late Insurrectionary States. It's a lie. Anyway, if you want to find out about his investigations, read some of his interviews. You can go there and read that. <clears throat> anyway, his work ended in the result of the Ku Klux Klan Act, which was passed in April of 1871, which gave the states, uh, the federal government, power to prosecute the Ku Klux Klan because the president declared that they are in a rebellion with this paramilitary organization. So. The KKK Act, like I said, so the KKK Act was passed in April of 1871. The first case was in November of that year, and it was against Robert Mitchell. He was being prosecuted for the death of a black man named Jim Williams. Now, there was also somebody else who was involved, but he, he fled to Canada, escaped justice, because that's what happens when you have enough money and clout. Robert Mitchell, however, did not have any of those things, so he was brought up for conspiracy for two counts for um, trying to intimidate black people to not vote, and then for the murder. Now again, here's the part that I love about it that was just so extraordinary, is that in order to serve in this jury, you had to swear that you never engaged in any kind of Klan activity, which meant there was a whole lot of white people that could not serve on this jury. And at the end, like two thirds of the petite jury was black. And you already know how this is gonna go. <laughs> you already know. Um, you had strong lawyers on both sides in defense. You had even one of the lawyers who argued for the states and Dred Scott. So it's like a reunion of sorts of craziness. So he was found not guilty. Well, it was a little complicated, but eventually the jury, uh, having come back twice with their verdict, decided that he was not guilty of the voter intimidation, but he was guilty of the murder great, except he only got 18 months for murder for lynching, because it is still 1871 after all. And um, and other people actually ended up being prosecuted under this law, but this was very short-lived. Um, the will of the government was just not there to prosecute. There was a new attorney general in South Carolina, he came and stopped prosecuting. So I found that this is important for a few reasons. One, it shows that even if you pass laws, because you had the 13th, 14th, 15th Amendment, Ku Klux Klan Act, um, even when you have these laws to protect people, if the will of others is not there, or if they're hell-bent on violating those laws, then that's what ultimately, I think, will reign, or can reign, sadly. In this case, it did. And then also, it shows that if the will of the person to prosecute the law is not there, then it's no good. It's a worthless piece of paper, like I said. The attorney general decided he didn't want to prosecute and so nothing was done. Eventually, there was a constitutional challenge to that. Um, 
nothing went to the Supreme Court, but there was a constitutional challenge, and even the 14th Amendment was seriously weakened, in my opinion, in some cases later on that we will talk about. Um, but anyway, I still, despite the short-livedness, if that is a word, the short-lived nature of the um, Ku Klux Klan Act and, and all these laws, I still, think, I still think it's remarkable that you had this period where there were black legislators, black progress, and um, justice for black people against terrorist organizations. And you had a black jury, a two-thirds black jury. You can't even get that today. That's, that's amazing. Um, but it was short-lived. And I think that's also a warning for black people, no matter how many laws we get passed, it's only as good as those who are there to enforce it and who want to obey it. Um, so we must ever be vigilant. Lovers of justice, we must ever be vigilant to not lay back and go, oh, okay, well, we got laws, it's fine, because that's not the case. Next week, I will be talking about a case dealing specifically with the jury, one of the first of many cases that we'll be talking about dealing with jury selection. So you definitely want to stick around for that, because that has a whole, I could do a whole series on the jury, <laughs> issue of black people on juries, because it's atrocious. If you like this video, be sure to hit the like button below. Subscribe to my channel so you never miss one of my new videos, whether I'm going live or whether it's a book review, because like I said, I love books. Um, or, you know, just leave me a comment below, whatever it is. Even if you're gonna be like, girl, I love your earrings. Where do you get them from? I will be happy to address that. Oh, also, if you wanna know more about what happened, again, I know I've referred to this book before, but it's classic, Black Trials. You wanna pick this up? I mean, pretty much a lot of what I said today is already is in the chapter on the KKK. I've also written something on my blog about this time period as well as some other civil rights legislation during the Reconstruction period. Um, I will leave a link to that below as well. Until next time, y'all be safe. Thank you and God bless. This week's episode was produced and narrated by me. Special thanks to Brian Gurley for the use of his music and for mixing the audio. To watch the video series that inspired this podcast, head over to my blog, palookiesworld.com, and make sure you subscribe. For more information on the series, like how do you spell Paluki, please check out the show notes. Finally, please be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you never miss an episode.